Hey, Democrats, it's me, Lynn Moira Dichter, and time for Chat with the Chairs. It's your weekly peek behind the curtain as to what's going on with the Seminole County Democratic Party across Seminole County, across Florida, and across the nation. Welcome to Chat with the Chairs. My name is Lynn Moira Dichter. I am the chair of uh, the SEMDEMs along here with my partner. Hey, Tracy Kagan here, live from the front. Happy Veterans Day to everyone out there. Right. 11-11. There it is. So yes, there happy it is. Veterans my Day. Dad, I come from a family of veterans. My dad was in World War II and my uh, stepbrother was in Vietnam. So that's my story. And so today is a serious day and it's a day to be respectful. That's terrific. So those are the people I just want to say before you get into it. Those are the people that fought and died for democracy, which was what November 8th was all about, my friends. Democracy. To preserve democracy. Yeah. So with that, I'll let Lynn start. I cannot imagine if you haven't been with us before, but I will tell you this. I will tell you the Chat with the Chairs is a weekly uh, podcast where we come on and and talk to you on Facebook Live, on Twitter Live, and we, Tracy and I, um, visit with you for 30 minutes to talk about the week gone by and to talk about the week coming up. And if you are with us, the only way we know that is for you to type something down there in the chat bar. Just say happy Friday, comment on the topics as we throw them out there. You will see a ticker below talking about some of our accomplishments, and we are just super glad that you're here. If you can imagine all of the energy, all of the resources, all of the volunteers, I have to start off with a hearty thank you to every candidate who threw their hat in the ring, to every volunteer who wrote one postcard, made one phone call, texted one person, knocked on one door. If you helped in any way the candidate of your choice or if you were the candidate, we are extraordinarily appreciative. And I know there were some uh, just glorious days on Tuesday, and there were some heartbreakers, and we'll talk about all of that. This is the let me, let me, election I just, edition of Chat with the Chairs, post-election, here we are. I just wanted to interject also, and I wanted to share in that thank you and a big appreciation to everyone out there in SEMDEMS, to all the volunteers that either cut the turfs, walked the turfs, did the text banking, did the phone banking, did the fundraising, sat in the office, poll-watched, handed out voter guides, whatever you did to move the needle, we were successful and we're going to go over that. And you need to be thanked so much, but don't go too far away. But thanks. Yeah, we have stuff stuff for you. As a matter of fact, I want to say welcome to two people and both of them have the name Paul. So when I say Paul, yes, I'm talking to you. I don't know. You don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, I would like to say to both Paul Finnegan and Paul Vasquez to say thank you for all that you did. Um, they both stepped up, they got immersed in it. They were up in their hip waders all through this campaign cycle. And so thank you to both one from, you know, he says, hi, happy veterans day from Oviedo. And Paul said, happy to anyone who helped in any manner. So it is, you know, everybody now I know that after Tuesday night, you need a minute to breathe. And that's important. You need a minute to regroup. You need a minute to breathe. You need a minute to look over the general landscape. Some things were exciting on the national level and still are in in flux. Some things on the state level were horrific and are still just eating your heart out. And some things on the local level were spectacular. So I think we ought to talk about the successes before we talk about the, the angst that we had from what happened at the state level. But I would like to say congratulations to... Both candidates for school board who were on the ballot, both Kelly Davis and Autumn Garrick, 
they did it. And the they <laughs> ran, you know, they ran this campaign. They got thousands and thousands of votes, and it was beyond exciting. So yes, it was very, very exciting. Okay, so from my perspective, and I know Lynn's whole entire raison d'etre was to get the school board people over the finish line to join Christine. And I think that we were successful in that. And it is so exciting to know that we are going to have our children protected and our support staff and our teachers at the school board level that for the next four years, we can breathe a heavy sigh of relief knowing that our children are going to be protected. And really, that really is what it's all about, right? You vote for the future. You vote for your children. That's right. Now, the, the goal of at least me and I know, Tracy, it's the case. And I would dare say the board of the Sendems was to get Christine Krauss reelected in August, which we did. And then Kelly and Autumn were pushed off to the runoff in November. So we were, I know you hate the words, laser focused on getting those school board um, women elected. I also want to welcome Alec. Pastrana is on. Daniel is on the uh, Hi, on the and uh, Nicole Hammer, our honorary SEMDEM, oh, Young Nicole. Dems. I want to talk a little bit about Young Dems, but let's at least have a moment to relish the success of Kelly Davis and Autumn Garrett. By the way, they will be sworn in on Tuesday, November 22nd at 5.30. And I would like to welcome Be everyone. there or be square, right? I think you should be there. Absolutely of right. Course. We are going to turn out and have a sense of joy and pride in our hearts. We'll be full on Tuesday, November 22nd at 5.30 at the the offices at the administration offices on East Lake Mary Boulevard. So if you are able, if you can spring time free, whatever, please go out there and support uh, them. I know it's a nonpartisan race. I know they got lots of NPAs and moderate Republicans. If this, these are people that you voted for, what, you know what it is? We sent a strong message, Tracy, to that extremists are not welcome in Seminole County. Because the well, that's that exactly they, what we did. And right. we talk about the national level. The message resonated on the national level as well. But yeah. right here in local politics, we told them, pack your bags, go home, take your book banning, take your don't say gay, take your CRT garbage, hit the road, bye-bye. Get on that's I-4 clear. and keep driving. Can I tell you, the very next day, I talked to the Democratic Public Education Caucus of Florida. And they asked me, what's your secret sauce, Lynn? I'm like, I don't know. What what do you mean? Because in other counties, in Orange County, they got a QAnon lady elected. I know. I heard about that. I cannot believe it. So she wants to go back to corporal punishment. Yeah. Hit the kids. That's great. That's fabulous. Luckily, she's only one voice. But Seminole County sent a unified voice. And we kicked butt. And we said to those Moms for Liberty ladies, extremism doesn't live here in Seminole County. They signed that Moms for Liberty pledge. They were strong GOPers. And That's I, right. I am, uh, you no. know, and not just, not just Kelly and not just Autumn, but Christine. I mean, we have three women who believe in education, who believe in the right to privacy, who believe in supporting, you know, disenfranchised people, children, teachers, support staff. I think, I think, and I don't want to say we, I mean the collective we, when I say it, Mm -hmm. should pat ourselves on the back because we have protected our children for the next generation here in Seminole County. Right. We had two, uh, you know, Fiona is here and I know she was a diehard volunteer. Um, She's on uh, chat. She says they busted their chops. And yes, that is true. Um, She had a, uh, 
very small but powerful team. And uh, while these two candidates were very different, they have the Democratic principles at heart. And those other two were completely on the other side of that seesaw. So and really, in reality, that's all that counts. Right. All and that counts it. is so, yeah. we had a job. We got it done. Now, mm-hmm. you know, now let's talk about, you know, our, our state reps. And what I want to say about that, because if I could just congratulate, we have more people to congratulate. Oh, wait, we have we have more people. Let's finish. Let's let's talk about that before we go to the state level. Let's keep our focus on Seminole County. I had lunch with somebody today. The national story. I can't move the needle. Right. The state story. I can only move the needle a little bit. But the local page, the local Seminole County, that's where we can move things. And that's exactly what we did. When it came to soil and water, there were three candidates, one running unopposed, but two candidates that we um, were su- not supporting, but, you know, we, we had uh, interest in. Yeah, in you, getting- you could say supporting. We, we were we right. were very. Jennifer very Webb and wild. Megan Betke. Jennifer and Megan were um, uh, elevated to that board and we flipped that board as well. So that soil and water, you think, oh, that's that's not like a non-paid thing, like nobody knows. But if this is who SEMDEMs are, we're concerned about the air and the water and the rural boundary and all of our natural resources. And to have people with our similar interests and morals and standards, they are now on that soil and water. Yes. And Lynn, I I do want to say that's important because Seminole County, the entire logo is the natural choice. Right. So protecting our Wakaiva River Basin, protecting our rural boundary. These are the reasons that people move here. And so we have we have safeguards in place now by electing the right people. That's right. So that was two, two school board, two soil and water or three really on soil and water. So that was awesome news. Um, we have, um, there is an African-American judge, um, Sandy Bowie, right, who was uh, elected on Tuesday. Um, it, she will join all, you know, I hate to say it like this, but there are four white men and one white no. woman. Right, exactly. Right. And she will be the first woman of color on the county court bench. I, you know, they said, uh, was, Donna Gerder, was Donna Gerder? Donna's on the circuit court bench. She's a, a different bench, bench, right. She's so, on the circuit court and uh Cassandra will be on the county court. One is felonies, one's misdemeanors. And so this, for me, living in Seminole County and practicing in Seminole County for over 30 years, it's going to be really nice to see some diversity in the courthouse in Seminole County. Well, that's that's that. Um, And then finally, although last but not least, is we are on the edge, the precipice, if you will, of flipping the Altamont City Council. And we've been saying this all along. But Gertie Remy is in a runoff, believe it or not. There were three people in her race. Gertie was the top vote getter, but she did not get 50% plus one, you know the drill. So she is pushed off to a runoff. This week on Wednesday, the Altamont City Commission, um, that is run with a rather heavy hand by a city manager named Frank, uh, they all sat together and they decided that the runoff election would be Tuesday, December 6th. There would be only two places to vote in Altamont Springs, in the city of Altamont Springs. And that would be at the Eastmont Civic Center and at the Westmont Civic Center. Um, So those are the two election places. The election, of course, is facilitated by the supervisor of elections. But the city of Altamont pays the supervisor. uh, The city of of Altamont pays them to to run the show and to count the votes and to bring the machines and the staff and blah, blah, blah. That's interesting. That's on December 6th. 
Same right? as Warnock and Walker. Exactly. I was just yeah. going to say that. There's right. going to be a really nail-biter day, you know. It's, and right. the only so, way to get rid of your stress is to go out and uh, canvas. Right. I mean, if you feel like you're... Uh-huh. Absolutely, yes. Um, it is really interesting. And Fiona points out that the six successes we had were nonpartisan wins. And yes, that's we it. know that. We're aware of that. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. that's another thing to be discussed, but not on public TV land. We're going to have a big post hoc meeting at the board and discuss that. We're very aware of that. Although I will say this. Our state reps were definitely handicapped, as were, I think, Val Demings and um, Charlie and Charlie Christ. Yeah, I definitely do. And when you analyze the picture, there's a lot of variables that go into winning a race, right? So you can't say it's just one. But one that really made it very hard was the gerrymandering that happened by DeSantis. That gerrymandering cast the die and set the stage and made it very an uphill climb for any Democrat to win any seat on those levels. And unfortunately, we saw what happened. That's right. Now, when we talk about heartbreakers, we now have to go to the state level and the state level. I mean, we were gerrymandered out of four sure things. That's right. Um, Right. We were gerrymandered out of four house seats. We had you know, well, Carlos, Carlos had a seat and they took him right out of it. Joy had a seat. They plucked her right out of it. The other two I'm not aware of. I know we did. I can't name them. But here's the bottom line. The bottom line is they made it so difficult to win as a Democrat that now I believe the House has a supermajority. They do. And, and they're doing this and they did this also uh, in Wisconsin. You know, this is sort of what the Republicans are doing now. They're trying to stack the state houses so that Democrats, they're gerrymandering in each of these states so that Democrats cannot win in any election, no matter what. Now, maybe I was naive, but when I saw that Carlos Guillermo Smith, um, his district was um, there was parts of Oviedo and Eastern Seminole County were included in his district. He has a strong base of support in Orange County and they love him. He's a three-time incumbent and all of that. And I thought, well, that's good. They gave him Oviedo, which has recently gone pockets of blue and all of that. But what I Mm. didn't, I guess what I didn't realize is what they did to him was they gave him a lot of what I'll call clan country. Yeah, they gave him Gotha. They gave him- No, 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 no. No, not Gotha. Um, Geneva. Geneva, that's And Chuliota. And there are a lot of bright red, blood red, rock rib Republican precincts out there that wouldn't vote for anybody with a D after their name if he or she was the second coming. So he was saddled with some really horrible Republican precincts out there. Now, these are our neighbors. I'm not saying the people are horrible, but the way they drew the lines were really disadvantaged, you know, were not advantageous to us. It disproportionately represented the population. And what they did was they diffused the population so that the Democrats couldn't win. Now, Carlos, actually, out of all the state reps, did exceedingly well. He got 48%, which is a very high percentage when the deck is stacked against you. And he did, you know, great. I think, I mean, I personally feel, I mean, I sent them all a text and spoke with all of them. They all worked very hard. They all would be excellent representatives up in Tallahassee. And I know that it's not the end of his political career. Mm-mm. And I'm hoping not the end of Tiffany, Sarah, or Deb Puelian's end of their career as well. So I it think was that, tough. That was a tough you know, Here's Here's what I know. You know, everybody is calling for Manny Diaz head the very next day. With, by the When the polls closed, they were immediately screaming, you know, like they did after 2020, they got rid of Terry 
Rizzo. After this election, they think, oh, you didn't do well on the state level, Manny. You should be gone. Now, I had a call the very next day as the chair of the party. Do you think Manny should be replaced? Um, look, the, the state, the, the Republican Party has 10 times the amount of money we have. So when it came to could the FDP help all four of Seminole County's candidates at, at the big statewide convention, they realized that we, Seminole County, we're on the bubble. We are purple with a little lift. We could have done it. I know they helped Carlos. I know they helped Sarah. I know they helped Tiffany at whatever level they could because those were flippable seats. Um, but they, they decide the viability of candidates based on the amount of fundraising they can do and have done. And all three of the four candidates, the FDP was sponsoring and backing and helping. But even then, it was one fraction, small fraction of the money that the Republicans poured into these cases. Somebody said, um, yeah, it's hard to run against. It's hard to run against dark money. And and that's, you know, we need to get rid of groups like Citizens United. I mean, we need to take the money out of politics. It doesn't put people on a level playing field. And this this vote, this election really you know, showed that and illustrated that, especially here. The Republicans have so much money. I think they pumped over a million dollars into Carlos's opponent. You know, I mean, think about that. We're talking about a state house seat and this money is yeah. going. There. Well, the Carlos, somebody put on the uh, on the chat, there's a million people talking about things. Some are nice and some are not so nice. So I'll just give you some highlights. But the um Somebody said that the F, the Republicans spent over a million and a half dollars to defeat Carlos. And while yes. he, you know, he was a monster, a beast with fundraising, he couldn't overcome it. Yeah, and they get, wanted to get him out from the beginning. I mean, because Carlos is Carlos is a force up in Tallahassee. Mm. He is recognized by both sides of the fence. He's an excellent legislator, and they just wanted to get rid of him, and so they right. did. I mean, it's so hard to compete because when they have money like that. It allows them to buy airtime. And then they buy the airtime on television. Hit, I saw a million commercials against Sarah, a million commercials against Carlos. I and just, Tiffany, both. Whenever they'd run a Tiffany, they'd run a Sarah. Whenever they'd run a Sarah, they'd run a Tiffany. And yeah, it was nothing but nasty. And they couldn't compete, even though all of them, a nasty were, they were beasts, you know, when it came to fundraising. And they know how to run campaigns. And they were very good. And they had staff that were good. And they... You know, they were, I thought, on a trajectory to kick ass and take names. And it turns out that the Republicans outspent them 10 to 1. And you know was- what, Lynn? I'm going to tell you this, though. This is not an anomaly. This is what happens. This is, I mean, I'm not going to pat myself on the back or you, but we had a great slate of candidates in 2018, a great slate in 2020. And again, it's the money. You cannot, as much as you canvass, as much as you do, and I know I gave mm-hmm. it my heart and soul, and so did you, and so did yeah. these girls, and so did Carlos. I know that running against that money is really, really hard. So we're going to have to brainstorm and either fundraise like crazy, but we're going to need to brainstorm and think of another way to cut through. Yes, I I agree with that. Listen, you, you know, there are local, um, there were local candidates who I thought were super strong, you know, and, and I was really proud of the people on our ballot. Oh, everyone, everyone. I mean, we're talking about young blood. We're talking about a different generation. Nobody was our age. Everybody was younger than maybe even like 45, 40. You know, we're talking about young candidates that were very accomplished, very bright for their age. Yes. I mean, Sarah's 26 years old. I know. She took yep. the world by storm. 
And I know that she is going to do great things. You can feel it. You can see a superstar yes. with Tiffany and Sarah and Carlos and all of them. We, you know, Carlos, the first thing he put up was, it's not the last of me. And that is true. When I have talked to them or texted them, they all sort of say the same thing. We are going to find the issues and make a difference. But maybe is it maybe start earlier? Maybe don't wait, you know, get in the game earlier if you know. Because next time, that seat that David Smith is in now is an open seat. It's well, open, no, it's not. You no, know it's what? not. Sarah no, said it's, it's not. not. It's not an open seat. No, it's but not. What, what I will say about this, starting earlier and all of that is good. I really think, unless we take the money out of it, we're just going to have to raise. I spoke to Larry about that. We're going to need to raise about a million dollars. We're going to have to become really zealous because we need to buy the airtime on television. Digital and airtime is where it makes the difference. And, and Well, that's you know, the state true. races you know, are controlled, you know, again, I say it's out of our pay grade, you know, it's above our pay grade, right? The FDP is is helping those candidates running for Tallahassee. And Tallahassee, you know, that is something that is beyond us. You know, we have to worry about next time around in 24, it's all of the county, com- it's two, I'm sorry, three county commissioners, all the constitutional officers again, a couple of school board candidates. We can only handle what we can handle. Our little piece of the turf <laughs> is what we have to focus on this, you know, I can't, I can't do that. I can't, you know, we can't influence. I don't believe we can influence the presidential races, the Senate races, Rick Scott will be up next time. You know, all of these things. Those no, things, those races, those races, their job is to pull us up. So people vote down ballot. They have a task and their task is to include us. So people vote down ballot. Right. Our job, our job is to elevate our, our local officials, whether they're county commissioners, mm-hmm. municipal commissioners, and help the state reps if they need help, you know, with their campaigns. The question is, and then we'll have to discuss that, is how can we move through this channel of gerrymandering and and for the next election? Because right. we want to get the county commissioners there. The people that are county commissioners graduate to state reps. You know, it's a it's they get on the bench and then you climb the bench. Let me tell you a couple of facts, numbers, and, and data um, okay. from this last Tuesday election. Um, and what I will go to is uh, turnout. Turnout was abysmal. Now, there are a variety of reasons, and people in the chat are mentioning some things about why the turnout was so crappy. But let me just give you numbers. We had the best of Orange, Osceola, and Seminole. So, uh, for example, the lowest turnout was Osceola County with 40.4%. Uh, Orange County was next up, middle of the pack, at 46.6%. So six percentage points above Osceola County. And then six, seven percentage points above that was Seminole. Seminole County, the turnout was 53.6%. Now, are you talking is, about turnout for, for all parties? Everyone? Or are you talking everyone, about Dems? Everyone. Okay. Um, okay. What I, I observed was the, um, the in our predominantly Democratic precincts, the turnout was horrific. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we had a list of 12 or 14 top Democratic precincts, and I was following their turnout, and it was abysmal, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm just going to say it straight away. I'm not going to yeah. sugarcoat it. Well, you know what that says to me? It, just, it says to me, for some, for whatever reason, we must work harder in those precincts connecting with those Democratic voters. We are not motivating them to get out. They're not excited either for the candidate or they're just not excited for the race. It's our job 
to to you know to get them excited. So we'll just have to work that much harder. Five of the top ten precincts are in Sanford or neighborhoods close to Sanford. Midway's not in the city of Sanford, but you understand we'll call it their mailing addresses, Sanford for the most part, right? Five of the top 10 precincts, heavily democratic precincts are in Sanford. And the turnout was damn pathetic. Well, I can't help but think, I know nobody likes to mention the elephant in the room. I don't even like the word the elephant now. But, you know, maybe if we had a candidate of color running there that, you know, would have gotten people more excited. Yep. And I, you know, and God well, I will say, tried. you know, look, tried. the top of the ticket, Val Demings is a person of color. Charlie Crist had a Latina as his lieutenant governor. The attorney general candidate was a person of color. The agriculture commissioner was a person of color. You can go all the way down the list. And then, you know, when we came to, um, you know, we had young people, we had, you know, tif- we had people of color, young people, we gave them people who were gay and Hispanic and everything else. And they all, they, you know, the, the complaint is always nobody looks like me. But then I would pull out the slate and I would say, yes, 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 yes. That's not true this time. It wasn't all middle-aged white people like me or no. you. It no. was it was a variety of people, but they didn't turn out in Sanford. And I don't know why. And it's, you know, that was... Um, I think I think on another level, I mean, that's a really I mean, this is a a topic for another conversation because this is a much bigger conversation and larger. But I think a lot of people might have felt uh, very numb. Politics has numbed people. The constant the life out of people. That's yes, true. it has. And you know, like the truth of the matter is, I know just for us, and we live and breathe it. But can you imagine? You're trying to feed your family, and all you hear is the push pull from both sides. The push pull. The push pull. And there's always static. There's always static. Yeah. And maybe I'm going to okay. Let me just disengage. before we run out of time, I have got to tell you what I observed yesterday at the canvassing board. I spent more than three hours as they were what's called curing ballots. Okay. If, your, if your signature on the back of that envelope didn't match what's on file, they would put it aside. They would send you a note. They would say, come in and show us this is you. And then we'll put the ballot through. They won't open the ballot until you show them it's you. And you have to sign an affidavit and you have to show them a picture ID. And then they will put this through. Well, yes, there, yesterday there were those ballots where people came in and did the right thing and cured their ballot and showed them that they were really voting. And then there were hundreds of ballots that they never came in and the deadline was 5 p.m. And somebody snuck in at two minutes to five. Great. Showed their their license, I believe, in that case. Showed their passport in another case. They came in with their ID and they were able to vote. But guess what? About once they started with the with the ballots that nobody came in, the, the it, three out of four of them were under age 25. Wow. Now, that is problematic in two re- two ways. One is young people don't really look at the mailbox, right? They don't go. If they sent them a postcard that said, please come in and cure your ballot. They don't even live at home. If they're sending in a ballot, they're not in, they're not in Florida. They're either in a university in Florida or they're somewhere out of state. No, these were not out of state people. No, they lived here. They voted here. You know, they sent in their mail ballot here. Yes, just that's like- what I'm saying is, but they could be students out of state. In other words, to call them to cure it doesn't mean that they're accessible. You can fax in your driver's license. You can even, you know, you can fax in your documents. You can fill How are the they form. notified? How were they notified? I think they were notified in the snail mail. And I think that's a problem. That's the first problem with how we notify all of these non-cured people. The yeah, second that- problem, and again, under 25, you want to know what the, and it sounds weird and wacky, and listen to this. Um, 
everybody under 25 never took cursive writing and they don't have, they don't know how to write their name. They either put their initials or they printed it, or they're used to doing electronic thumbs with electronic signatures. We don't teach cursive writing. We don't teach kids anymore how to write their name in script. And now they get this ballot. It's the only thing of government that requires you to sign, legitimately sign. When they, And that you know what they're comparing it to? When they get their driver's license at 16. Yeah. That's the signature. That's the match. So you know what? When they're 15 and all hopped up, I'm getting my permit. I'm getting my license, right? They go to the driver's license place and they sign the pin pad that's this big with their finger. And that's the, the signature. They send in their ballot. The signature that says Tracy Kagan doesn't look like the scribble scrabble on the on the uh, you know, driver's license thing. And that ballot was then thrown away. Yeah. You know what? OK, so that that's something that we've like I spoke to you about the college students also. That's something that we need to focus on and work on. That is something that we need to do. Maybe even the League of Women Voters needs to take up that issue. That's a perfect issue for the League of Women Voters because that's a form of voter suppression. How many votes did we lose that way? Oh, dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens. Yeah, and I'm telling you, the young vote were the Democratic votes. So that's really upsetting. I was shocked sitting when I was shocked and sitting there. Um, when I was sitting there, and I was sitting with another Semdem. And he had eagle eyes. He could see on the screen their birth date and he could compute it like a, like a computer. I mean, he, within a second, he saw they were born in 02. He said, that's a 20 year old voter. And, and they were scribble scrabble. And it was like their, their vote was the canvassing board. Two of the three said, nope, that doesn't look like this. Yeah. You know what? Something has to be done with that. Something definitely has to be done. That's just a form of voter suppression. Because they know the young vote is the Democratic vote. It's a big way and easy way to discount it. And like you said, they're not taught. They're not taught cursive. Stella they don't know how to write their name. name. It My is shocking to be tracing. They didn't know how to sign their name here. And I, excuse me, I don't know what that was, but we were looking at each other after a while. Another 21, 25, 27, under 35. I, I, I don't want to even hear you talk about it anymore. It makes me sick inside. That's right, so that's, I left yesterday, the supervisor's office, nauseated, as you say, sick inside, because all of these votes that don't match up with the driver's license, scribble, scrabble, that those were, I won't say thrown out. They didn't put them in the garbage. They must save them, but they well, will not discounted. open Yeah. What, what they don't count them. They don't even open them. All right. Stop it. You're making me, I'm like, really, I think I'm going to get on the legal women voters. We need to change something on the mail-in ballot. Okay. okay next. Uh, yeah. So that was okay. Under 25 handwriting vote by, Oh, here's the other thing that I cannot stress strongly enough. Um, and that is, um, I'm not sure people are aware, but I went on my own voter record with the uh, voteseminal.org and, or .gov and, and found that this is true. As of New Year's Eve, December 31st, 22, I no longer will have a vote by mail ballot no. request. None of us will. That you have we, to request it. Again. And that, yeah, nationwide, Jen, uh, somebody, I think it's Fiona, um, Gen Z turnout was 27%. We must have had... Um, a piece of that. Like it was at least in Seminole again, can't control national only control Seminole. And the Seminole young vote was PU Stinko. It was stinky here locally. And then I saw all the, all the votes thrown in the, in the bin. So, so here's what I will also say. We have got to do next year, three things. One, ask all of these young people under 35 to redo their signature. 
We have got to have a campaign to get everybody to redo their signature. It is easy to do. You print the thing out online, you sign it up, and now we have something current that they will be matched up to. The second thing we must do is do a complete campaign to get everyone to re-up their vote by mail ballot. Because if you think you're going to sit home and wait for the 24 ballot to come to your house, you will be disappointed. It's not coming. Yeah, well, well, that's part of that's that's going to be our next drive. I mean, we're going to shift gears and that's going to be our focus. The other focus for me personally, though, just with what I went through with Sophie in college, are the college age kids that cannot vote at their college. In other words, if we have all this technology and you can put your name in and we have Twitter and the internet and all this, there is no reason why a student can't go to their their union in early voting, give their license in and have a ballot come out that's appropriate for their county and their area and fill it out there. They don't want the youth vote. We have to figure out a way to get on those college campuses because we're losing handfuls and handfuls of votes. Those kids oh, are than handfuls. I dare say thousands of votes go yes. in. This. They was, don't return I, as it. As a mother, I, I, I wait. Somebody said, "Here we go." Somebody said, "No, wait. Um, we need to start now and get them engaged." That is true, Bridget. Thank you so much for that. Um, rock the vote. We need our version, our twenty-four version of Rock the Vote, something like that. So um, let's see. Um, Oh my God! Somebody had a great idea. We need our Max, our Maxwell Frost. We need our. But we have them. We have them here. No, but we... what I'm saying is, we need to get them. The problem is not that we have them. The problem is that, and I think they do want to vote. The problem is accessibility. We're talking about college students. Most college students, I mean, live off camp, live on campus. UF, FSU, FSU. Yeah, but it's not their permanent address. Their permanent address. I understand it's not their permanent address, but for whatever reason, we have to work on facilitating them getting their mail in and then getting it back. Whether we include the postage as SEMDEMs, you know, or something, something to make it easy because college students, they're students, right? They're 20, 21, 22. They're not going to remember all this. You need to maybe put the stamp on there for them. Maybe we need to prepay that for them and, and, or give them the money for the stamps and include it with them. Maybe we need to do specific, maybe we need to drive up to each campus and make sure we go around with the bullhorn saying, did you get your mail-in ballot? You know, you know, we'll get it out. Maybe we physically need to go on. I think we have to, the push we need to do is make this your permanent address because once this is your Seminole is your permanent address. You can't, you can't make it your permanent address because I can't make Sophie up that her permanent address. She's my dependent. So if I were to get that doesn't matter. Yes, it does matter. She cannot make that university their permanent and people that are graduating as seniors. Then they, then when they get a real job after they graduate, then they make that their permanent address. That might be a piece of it, but I don't think that's really going to help. I think what's more important is to get on those campuses and do some sort of voter, uh, you know, some push, a push to get out the vote on the college campuses. I have no problem doing that, going out there, putting up a banner, SEMDEM, standing there for the day and saying, you know, and we have postage for you. Come fill it out here. You can't pay people for votes. I don't think that's allowed. No, you can Um, give them postage. You can't give them anything to vote. You can't even give them an ice cream cone. You know what I mean? Like you can't, you're not allowed to give them something in exchange for their vote. Well, then our supervisor of elections should actually pay postage for those. Well, we've been saying that for so long. Oh my God, yes. I mean, Orange County pays, 
Orange County pays with a postage paid envelope. To I mean, who ballot. has a 60 cent stamp and who has stamps anymore? My mother goes and buys stamps at Publix. Who uses snail mail anymore? You right. know, I, I mean, I personally, I early vote. I early vote because I don't want to leave anything to chance. And I like the process of voting. All right, let's move on. Okay, so that was one thing I wanted to talk about. So um, that is is where we are. And I I wanted to make sure. I want to announce two things. One coming up on November 19th. It's a Saturday morning from 8 until 2. It's our recycling effort where all of those horrible signs that you saw. uh, We are picking up only the Democratic signs, right? And we're bringing them to the office on Ronald Reagan Boulevard. Yes, I know the Dems are on Ronald Reagan. Stop already. We are going to collect them all. We're going to take them to the the transfer station and we're going to recycle our uh, signs. We'll we'll take out the stakes. Don't worry about that. I'm talking about those cardboard signs that are jammed in the ground all over town. So pick them up. Just don't touch. We're not allowed to touch the Republican signs. I can't say that strongly enough. Last time people... Uh, you know, last time people brought us Republican signs and we, we are unable to do anything with them. So please don't bring us Republican stuff. Just bring us Democratic stuff. We'll make sure that it's recycled. They're on their own for recycling their own crap. All right. So just FYI. The other thing, again, a reminder uh, is uh, Tuesday, a couple days after that recycling effort on the 19th, on Tuesday, the 22nd at 530 p.m., at the Seminole County uh, School Board School Administration Board. Office on East Lake Mary Boulevard. It is the swearing in of Kelly Davis and Autumn Garrett. And, um, you know, there it is. I have a just a huge sense of pride that we flipped the school board. And the Republicans in town are insane. The Moms for Liberty ladies are getting agita about this. And Why don't I you join we- us? Join us and be there. For this victorious moment, I mean, these are the these are the moments to celebrate, and so let's celebrate it. Yes. We'll oh, it. I want to talk about food of the day. Somebody says, "Where's the food of the day?" Okay, here we go. Food of the day. All right, because we're already seven minutes over, and I apologize for that. Today is a great day. Today is National Ice Cream Sunday Day. Hmm. Sunday Day. It's a lot of days, but it's Sunday Day, National Sunday Day. That sounds ridiculous when you say it out loud. But anyway, I wrote it here. It looks fine on paper, but it sounds weird to say it out loud. But it tastes Uh, good. uh, It does. (laughs) I don't care what kind of ice cream. I don't care what toppings. I don't care what you do. Okay, so I'll give you my guilty pleasure. My guilty pleasure and my favorite ice cream sundae is McDonald's. For like $1.19, you get a hot fudge sundae. Just enough to take that sweet edge off. I love it. Oh, that's great. Tomorrow is Saturday. It's national. Now, this is, again, very weird, very specific. It is national pizza with the works except anchovy day. I swear to God. I mean, who is sponsoring this nonsense? Pizza with the works except anchovies. So go figure. I like most every topping. Anchovies, I agree. I'm not crazy about anchovies on my pizza, but I don't like pineapple or that kind of thing with the works. I don't know what the works is, but it's it means pizza all the meats, the... all the meats, all the all oh, the pizza with the works. I'm yeah. a purist. I just like cheese pizza, but there's 365 oh. days in a year, so they must have their moment. Right. That's that's weird. And uh, yeah, Sunday was a day I didn't even know what this product was. I had to do a little bit of homework to find out what the hell this is called. Sunday is a day and it's not even a politically correct word. They're going to have to change it. I think it's called Indian pudding day. I think we'll call it Native American or Indigenous American pudding. day. Indigenous pudding. What is it? What kind of pudding? Okay, it's like a custard with um, cornmeal, milk, eggs, molasses served with vanilla ice cream. It's like a you know. Like it a doesn't sound bad. 
Yeah. It sounds good. It sounds good, but I, the word offended me. So I was not sure about indigenous pudding day is uh, Sunday. And because that was so weird and I had to do homework, I figured, let me have something easy for Monday, which is a big hit in most households. Monday is homemade guac day, guacamole, mm-hmm. right? Most people yeah. love guac. Mm-hmm. Bella makes a mean guac. It's- Sophie makes a mean guac. We love avocados. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's it. And it's also pickle appreciation day. Oh. You know, this- I love any kind of pickles, dill pickles, sweet pickles, bread and butter pickles, you name it, love, 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 love. You know, the, the half sours, love any kind of pickles at all, love. So you remember oh, the movie with the pickle man? Do you what? remember yeah, the movie yeah, with well, the pickle yes, man? Yes, I do. So and anyway, Amy that's Irving, the, love the pickle man, yeah. Yes, so that is- in vanilla. He oh my God, Alec vanilla. and Tracy and people are like, ooh, I don't like pickles. I'm like, what? Well, maybe she, I don't know. Maybe she's commenting on other stuff. I love so, pickles. I love olives. I love all that stuff. I know. So that's that's where we are with that. Um, I would like to say thank you again to every single person who did any single thing. If you did a postcard, if you did a knock, if you did a phone call, if you did a text, if yes. you did anything and supported I, I or donated, just right? Selfishly, yeah. I have a I have like the best cluster. My Tracy, yes, Tracy is all over your cluster. She there. is my cluster. My cluster kicks tush. They are mm. amazing. Yeah. They should pat themselves, take this weekend off, and then we're going to kick it into high gear for Gertie. That's true. Um, we have got to get Gertie Remy elected, and everybody needs to. You know, if you have, I mean, it's a small, if you small were, area. If we each take twenty houses, we could actually hit that area really hard. You know. Yes, that's exactly right. I would love for, um, you know, I, I would love for everybody who was a volunteer, who gave any candidate money. Oh, who I will say this also. We're back now. We're back with our SEM gems, okay? We're back on target. We, we need our monthly donations. You know, first of all, I just gave a donation award, uh, Warnock. I'm still getting it in the, I'm still pressing the button for people. But for our company to keep our lights on, to get the next slew of candidates on the ballot, to help them, whatever, be a SEM gem. Give $10 a month, $5 a month, whatever you can. Let's do it again. Let's let's build the pot again. We need to. Right. And you saw that when it came to helping local candidates, we were there. We were backing them. We were working for them. And if you did anything for any of the candidates across the county or the state, please consider doing that now for the Semdems and for Gertie. We've got to get her there. And uh, yes, it's nonpartisan, but it doesn't matter. We have got to get on this thing and get her. We only have three weeks. That's the other thing. We that's don't have good. A lot of t- that's good because that, that's even better. Three weeks will not deplete us. We can kick it in three weeks. It's, tw- it's actually 25 days, but a bunch of days are Thanksgiving. And nobody's yeah. going to do crap on Thanksgiving. So. I'll do this on Thanksgiving. I'll be home. I can nobody nobody wants you houses. knocking on their door on Thanksgiving. I think that's weird. No. Yes, I, I can ask for indigenous pudding. <laughs> yes. <okay. laughs> All right. All right, Missy. If we got three weeks. We can do this. We got to get this, you know, done. Thank you, down. everybody. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much. You. All right. We All right. thank you. Thanks for sticking with us on That's this two year row. We have now another two years on to Gertie and then 2024. Thank you very much, you guys. We'll see you next Friday, 3 to 3 30, for Tap with the Chairs. Bye bye. And take care. <laughs>